Hey, it's Racing with RK, episode 15. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Buckeye Karting Challenge, Ohio's Karting Championship. The next event is October 25th, this coming weekend at G&J Kartway in Camden, Ohio, with practice on Saturday, October 24th. For those of you that have not raced in this series this season, use promo code RACINGWITHRK and receive a $5 discount from your entry fee. This podcast is also brought to you in part by Lori Beal Photography, your expert in motorsports photography. Her passion is sports, specifically motorsports, but also enjoys travel, concert, and night photography. Check Lori's website, lauriebealphotography.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-I-E-H-L photography.com and use promo code RACINGWITHRK and receive a 10% discount on orders for first-time customers. And be sure to check out my new website, racingwithrk.com, and sign up for my newsletter and enjoy the podcast library, photo gallery, and video archives. Well, tonight's going to be kind of cool because I got some special guests on here that are the promoters of the Buckeye Karting Challenge, uh, Scott Benton and Scott Smith. Uh, guys, uh, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being on tonight. Thank you for having us, Randy. So we're going to, I, I want to, tell the listeners I, I have the utmost respect for these guys they're hard workers they're doing just a they're, they're promoting one of the fastest growing karting series in the country and i've been able to play a little bit of a part in that just being involved in some of the events doing some of the announcing but tonight i'm going to try to respect them but i'm going to call them by their last names because their first names are the same so their last name is scott smith and scott benton so i'll probably be referring to them most of the night as smith and benton because I don't want us to talk over each other, but that is in no way disrespectful to these two guys. They're, uh, they're pretty cool dudes, and I'm, I'm really glad they came on the show tonight. So I'd like to start off these podcasts by, by taking it from the beginning, and Benton, we'll start with you. Uh, share with me your introduction to karting, how you remember just your, your first memories of karting, how you were introduced to it, and, uh, and how, it, how it kind of uh, implanted in your brain and your memories in the early days. Well, Randy, uh, my introduction to karting was a bug wasp in the basement of my dad's house. And we started uh, going to Columbiana, uh, in Columbiana County, Columbiana, Ohio, and started racing there. Um, I wasn't directly involved and didn't race, although I do remember my dad putting a pillow in the seat of his cart and got to drive it around a couple times. But that was mostly at the track and watched and played with the kids that were there and specifically remember Butch and uh, Vince Cavanaugh and playing with their Hot Wheels with Vince afterwards. But my introduction to karting was uh, at Columbiana and then moving on from there, racing myself at uh, Barberton Speedway and getting rid of everything and selling it and starting over again about uh, probably six, seven years ago, racing again at Atkins and just continues from there on to Fremont and uh, leaving Fremont as the promotions manager, but leaving there and then starting what is now the Buckeye Karting Challenge. So, so you actually got out, excuse me, you got out of karting for a little while and kind of um, got your, your karting passion rejuvenated when Atkins reopened. 
Well, before that, it was Barberton. I raced at Barberton. Okay. Uh, Rick Chapman. Rick Chapman was running the the track at that time there, and actually, when Rick resigned from, uh, it was uh, Northeast Ohio Karting Association. Uh, he turned the organization over to me, and I was the president there for six years, and then sold everything again at that time. And then I got involved in it again with Rick Chapman again <laughs> at Adkins. Okay. At Adkins, and uh, raced at Adkins for about three, four years, and then went to Fremont, raced there for about four years was the promotions manager for two years and then the Buckeye Karting Challenge yeah. from there. Okay. All right. Uh, Scott Smith, how about you? Your, your, uh, your early memories of karting. Well, I was always a, a race fan. My dad was a track photographer for Fremont and Sandusky Speedway for the, the car races and always knew I wanted to be a race car driver when I was growing up. Didn't really know about go-karts until a couple of neighbors got go-karts that were more to run around the parking lot and stuff like that. And got the bug with that. Found out that we lived basically a mile and a half from the, the local go-kart track, Hasselbox Kart Speedway at the time. And uh, we got a first kart was a dart kart. Second one was a SAE. And we moved on from there and I've been involved with it for 30, 40 years now. So I want, I want you to tell the listeners the, the uniqueness of an SAE over other chassis. Cause I mean, let's be honest and they, and they got around the track. There's no question about it, but they were different than anything you ever saw. So uh, SAE is Salt Automotive Engineering. Jerry Salt out of Finley, Ohio made all the chassis themselves. There's a lot of copies out there, but the distinguishing features on them are, most of them are square tube, one inch square tubing, engine on the rear, and a uh, seat that uh, kind of hangs between two bars. Very, very lightweight cart, very, very nimble, very quick. Uh, still, a lot of them run on dirt and they run real fast. Yeah, and, and a roller weighs, what, about 60, 70 pounds at the most? Yeah, I was going to say, if that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. I saw, Go ahead. I saw Jerry, uh, was probably only about 10 years ago, he was still still racing every once in a while. Right. Went to a, a small local race at the Erie County Fair in Sandusky, Ohio, on a temporary track. And he was pulling the front end of his cart off the ground like a sprint <laughs> car all the way down the straightaway. The crowd went wild. Yeah, I believe it. He used to run uh, that sea open down at our place. It was amazing. But that things did get around dirt. Uh, I used to race uh, with Paul and Dean Sauter back as a junior. And they would, in the early gone, we raced each other. They came to the track with the SAEs, and they were quick. First time I ever saw them, I couldn't believe it. At first glance, I thought, come on. Then I got out on the track with them and realized that it was the real deal. So that's pretty cool. Well, Scott, uh, Smith, so I first, go ahead. When I first started racing in the junior four cycle class at Fremont, it was when the Flathead Briggs was just becoming popular. Almost every cart in the class at that point was a dirt cart or SAE. Then we started yeah. getting in some 
some margays and other sidewinders. Right, right. I was a little surprised you said your first cart was a dart and then you went to an SE. I figured it'd be the other way around. Was it like a, a, a Grand Prix or an A-Bone? What was it? Uh, the dart was an A-Bone. Yeah. Okay. And it uh, it was a good cart to start in, but yeah, not not right for the time. So currently, Scott, Scott Smith, you and your son Carson are promoting Fremont Raceway Park. And I want you to talk a little bit about that, but I want to share with you I, I raced there too when it was Hasselback Speedway. And what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, when people talk about Port Washington and Cougar Raceway, which is now Atkins Raceway, you talk about history. You talk about racetracks built in the 60s and, you know, just 50 years of, of stories. Well, Hasselback was built and up and running before Cougar Raceway or at that point, Linden Valley Raceway was even an idea. Uh, it was built, I think, what, in late 50s, maybe 60, 61 at the latest, uh, Scott? Smith? 61. 61. Our track wasn't built till like 62 or 63. But when it was built, it was built almost identical to what Hasselback looked like at the time. And, of course, we started expanding and putting in straightaways and, you know, extending the front stretch and so on. But that was kind of our model for what a track needed to be. So, uh so anyway, I, I'm uh, I'm really intrigued and fascinated by the fact that you and Carson are promoting Fremont Raceway Park right now. So tell us about that, what it's like, and some of the challenges you've had, and uh, and some of the rewards. So I'll, I'll touch real quick on the track design. Our track, and I still have the original uh, blueprints the Hasselbach family gave them to us, which was really cool. But it, it was a design that at least part of it was used in a lot of tracks in the country. A lot of the older tracks, if you look at the overhead, they've expanded, but there's a the basis of what we've got, which is, is really cool. Um, but basically it was about uh, 1990. I was I was young and, and not real smart. We showed up at, <laughs> at Hasselbox for for a race and the uh, the promoter didn't show up and everybody was kind of bummed and ready to go home and I was like well let's just have our own race. Uh, yeah. So we, we had a fun race uh, that day. I ended up finding out that the promoter uh, had basically other business obligations. It was a fall. He wasn't going to be able to finish the season. So we did two more races that year and I kind of got the bug for the promoting the owner, Ted Hasselbach had somebody else lined up for that coming season though already. So I went and promoted a few races at Sandusky Speedway, worked with them. And uh, the next year, the opportunity came up to come back to Fremont. And my brother and I, both in our early 20s, uh, jumped in with both feet and ended up buying the place, changed the name to Fremont Raceway Park. Uh, we've had some really, really good years there. Um, we were involved in the old Ohio Sprint Series with uh, Pearl Gamble getting oh, yeah. started and, and yeah. promoting that. Um, and through the years, though, with uh, families and work and some other stuff, took us away from the track for a little while. Uh, we were still involved with, with racing, but not as much in, in the management. And we had uh, several different people 
leasing it off us. And this year, the opportunity came back up to to take back over. My son Carson is is 19, and has really taken to to the race in, in the last couple of years. He always enjoyed it, but he's getting more into the business side now. And he said uh, he, he was also instrumental in starting the Buckeye Karting Challenge and getting Scott Benton and I together. But he thought he was ready to do it. Um, I've given him a lot of support, as well as a lot of other people have as well. But I got to say, considering what we're going through this year with uh, COVID and everything, we're having a, a good year. He's doing a great job. I couldn't be more pleased right now. That's that's awesome. So this past weekend, uh, my my buddy Rick Chapman, who's uh, was certainly I know involved with you guys in the beginning with the Buckeye Karting Challenge, and is just a karting enthusiast all around. He lives and breathes it. He was involved with Carson on having a turkey race, and I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to that contest. When I say turkey race, we'll think that you lined up about 10 turkeys and let them loose and, and you decided which one was going to get to the end of the straightaway first uh, without taking off because turkeys don't fly. So this will be a running race. We, pr we proved turkeys don't fly in WKRP years ago. Um, so tell us about the turkey race. I know you weren't there, but I'm sure you heard a report from uh, from Carson. What is a turkey race? And, 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 you know, what all was involved? What were the awards? Because it's just, it's a really unique, fun, fun day to spend at the racetrack. So a, a turkey race is, and there's several of them at different tracks in Ohio, but Fremont, they had it as long back as I can remember when it was Hassa Box. We've probably only missed it a, a few years. And interestingly, it was Scott Benton that helped bring the turkey race back after a few years off um, but him and Rick have been been big supporters of the track in general and the turkey race in particular um, but for the turkey race it's it's a fun day it's fall you know Halloween Thanksgiving fall leaves turkeys and pumpkin pies and all that good stuff so instead of regular trophies the awards are for the day winners get turkeys Second place gets pumpkin pies. Third place gets cookies normally or something like that. Um, but it, it's a day about family and fun and camaraderie. Yep. And we did, uh, or I should say Carson and Rick did a, a uh, pumpkin chase this year, they called it, or pumpkin scramble, where they put pumpkins out in the infield and the kids all race to go get a pumpkin and they have different prizes in the pumpkins. Oh, wow. Um, they do different stuff like that. Um, now, I, I cannot verify this because I was not there, but I've heard stories that back in the early 60s, one of the turkey races, they decided that they put a live turkey out in the middle of the track and had people run and try to get that. So that might be for next yeah. year. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that could be a, that could be a possibility for next year. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> That's uh that's pretty neat and and uh and it does bring carding to uh you know an element or a, a perception that we never want to lose and that is that it is ultimately to have fun and fellowship with your friends and your family uh, you can compete all you want but at the end of the day uh, you're going to your job on Monday so so try to have fun while you're racing the cart because uh, if it becomes work 
and not fun, you know, you just, uh, you need to re rethink what you're doing. So that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool deal to do that at Fremont this past weekend. We're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about the Buckeye Carding Challenge and Scott Benton, we're going to start with you. And I know you had a lot of people that, uh, that talked to you and, and Scott Smith about the idea. Uh, and I didn't realize, I knew Carson was very passionate about it, just listened to his speech last year at the banquet. But obviously, he must have given you guys a lot of input, a lot of uh, encouragement to try to do this. When I first heard about it, Rick Chapman told me about it. And I guess this is, is this your third year, I think, right? Third year in the, of the series? It is, yes. Yeah. So when Rick told me about it, it would be four years ago, I'm going to tell you what went through my mind. One, it's a big undertaking, uh, a lot of work. You got to build an infrastructure. You got to start off slow. You can't bite up more than you can chew the first year. Learn it, develop a team, learn from your mistakes. And if you can do all that, there is definitely a big empty place in the state of Ohio for this series. Well, you guys did that. I don't know that you had more than what, 50 or 60 go-karts in the first season. But you learned what you were, what you had to do. You you learned some lessons. You built a reputation. You got some momentum, and boy, the second year you hit the ground running. So so Scott Benton, kind of tell us, take us from the beginning, from your recollection, how this thing all developed. That first year where you're scratching your head, going, man, was this a good idea or not, or was it in fact everything you thought it would be? And and obviously now this thing has just grown by leaps and bounds. Well, Randy, that's a, that's a, uh, <laughs> I could go on for a while. It's a pretty, uh, I don't want to say loaded question, but there's a lot of history there in three years, really. So to go back first, um, again, I was the promotions manager at, uh, Fremont for two years. I joke with Scott all the time, Smith all the time that I wish we got to know each other, uh, a lot sooner than what we did i'll probably cross paths before and never even realized it um but it's it's very simple i raced there for probably three years and the third year that i was there i knew who scott smith was but didn't really didn't really know him carson and i raced together many times had some you know good races together um met Brad Smith, but uh, I didn't know the two guys really. And we were at the track, the, the third year we were racing. I talked to Scott a couple of times and uh, Carson and him went walking past my pit. And um, I heard them both say two in a conversation um, kind of to me that um, we're thinking about starting a series in Ohio. And, um, I said to them, can I be a part of that? And both of them instantly said, yeah. So I think it was at the end of, it was, it was at the end of the season and we had another race at Fremont and we announced at Fremont that we are going to put a series together and it's going to be three tracks and we're going to start a series. And, uh, there was another race at Adkins the following week. And we went to Adkins. I don't think Smith was there, but 
I went to Atkins and uh, I said, Hey guys, just want to let everybody know that we're planning on putting a series together next year. It's going to be three tracks and, and this is what we're doing. Um, there was really no, I want to say there, there was really no forethought or any real thought process into doing it. It's just that we're going to put a series together and we didn't even have a name for it. Um, so conversations took place and things moved along and we got three tracks that we were running, that we were going to run, came up with a name for it. And, uh, first race was the following year at Thompson. And I remember sitting in my driveway with Rick before the race, it was Saturday. Um, practice was on Saturday and I wasn't even at the track. I mean, there were people at the track already. I wasn't even there. I was just another racer and I was even racing in the series. And I remember sitting in the driveway telling Rick, man, if I don't, if we don't have a hundred carts, I'd be surprised. I mean, we got three carts and three tracks involved. And, uh, I remember Rick saying, well, you know, just slow down, you know, you know, Rick. Yeah. And, uh, we had th the first year, first race, we had 72 entries at Thompson. Mm -hmm. We went on to, uh, we went on to Adkins and had 65. And then we went to Fremont for the last race and had 68. Our first sponsor of the series, I didn't even know the guy walked into boss pro karting and said, Hey, we're putting a series together. Would you be interested in being a sponsor? And Lee goes back. I mean, he's raced at Fremont oh. for oh, years. Yeah. Right. And I asked him if he'd be interested in sponsor, you know, being the title sponsor. And he said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, Lee has now been with us for three years and I've talked to him just recently and he's back on board with us again for our fourth year going That's into great. our fourth year. That's great. Um, but, uh, I mean, he jumped on board with no knowledge, didn't even know who I was, um, and, and, and was a part of it. Um, we had Lee as our title sponsor and we had, um, 11 classes. So we had 11 sponsors. So we had 12 sponsors the first year. Mm -hmm. Um, we moved into the second year. Um, we picked up clots. Uh, who's now been with us for three years. Again, I got a phone call from them that they're back on board with us again for the, going into our fourth year. And, and Randy, it's just grown. I mean, we we have 48 different sponsors in the series I know. this year. I know. I know you do. It's great. Yep. I was, I was sitting down last year and sending out uh, cards, thank you cards to our sponsors. And, uh, you know, my wife saw the, the, envelopes and she's like st louis wisconsin florida yeah, you right. got sponsors and i'm like yeah we do yeah. um but uh, you know the series where it's the people that i've met uh, the friendships that we've created um the the series that i've worked with um all that stuff i, I never ever thought that um let's start a series would lead to 48 sponsors in different parts of the country, right. uh, we're averaging 125 entries at a race. Yeah, I mean, we had 166. We had 166 entries at uh, G and J last year, and yeah. it's it just I, I I'm lost 
for words sometimes as to the direction that the series has gone and the, and the, and um, I mean, the series is known. I mean, we have a sponsor in California. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. not just known in this area. It's known all over the U S so right. it's, it's very impressive to me. And, and we're talking about, you know, those amount of entries. Remember folks, this is a one day show. There is a practice day on Saturday, but all the racing is on Sunday. So you're accommodating, and I was at that race in Camden last year, the opener, and it had 160 some entries, and we we got everybody racing on Sunday. It was a busy little day, but but it got all done because everybody worked hard. So um, Scott Smith, how about well, you? you? Know, go, go ahead, Scott. Well, you know the thing the thing with the involved the the uh, series how it's evolved is um, as you said. Take your time, listen, go slow. You can't do it all at one time. And Smith and I have, I mean, we communicate a lot on the phone, but we've listened to you and others as well. And we have really evolved, um, not only sponsor-wise and numbers, but we are just like um, USPKS and Route 66 and USAC. I mean, our day has a time schedule and we are on time 100%. Right. Um, right. We have really accomplished a lot in the last three years. Yeah. And I, I think part of that reason is what you said. You guys have been sponges. You not only have worked hard, but you've listened. And, and not everything you hear works, but some, a, a lot of what you hear will. And you just have to sift through what makes sense and what doesn't. But there's a lot of knowledge out there if you just listen to people. You just have to kind of sift through what makes sense and what, you know, sometimes you hear something that's a little self-serving, you know, that's not going to work, but there's a lot of good information out there. And you guys have done well at listening and growing from that. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Smith, how about you? How about your, your involvement with the series? Well, I had had the thought run through my mind for a number of years before we, we actually kicked it off and, I got to give Carson some credit there. He's the one that pushed me. He heard all my old war stories about the the good old days, the Kingdom of Outlaws, um, oh, yeah. the Indiana Street Races, the yeah. Ohio Sprint Series. And at the time, club racing in Ohio at almost all the tracks was hurting. Uh, OVK was probably the only really strong track at that yeah. time. I would, I would agree. Um, and he was he was like you know i want to race against you know big fields and tough competition and stuff let's do this let's do this let's do this so um we we talked about it he finally convinced me it was time to do it uh we got scott involved uh as he said uh lee boss jumped in uh right off the bat and gave us some some confidence um rick chapman was was instrumental as as we've said, and uh, we just, we really hit the ground running. I think the secret of the success was a couple of things, to be honest. Um, I think the the timing was just right. People were, were looking for something like that. The economy was starting to come back. The, the Briggs 206 program was rejuvenating some of the local clubs. Um, there, there was a lot of things happening that that helped us out 
Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a good point. And the 206 is such a big part of your program. Uh, it's probably what certainly what, what would you say 60 to 70 percent of the entries probably are 206s. I've run the numbers several times, especially since uh, Briggs has taken a little bit of interest in our series, and they're going to help us out pretty big time for the banquet and. Uh, Dan might even be at a race this weekend, so we're looking forward to that. But yeah. I've run the numbers, and we're about 60% 206, yeah. which is nice. We've got really good 206 numbers, but it's really good to keep the, the two cycles alive, too, on this level, and especially the Yamaha class. I'm really proud for what we've done for senior Yamaha. We get 15 to 18 carts for, for the senior Yamaha class, yeah. which people from outside of our region are like, Huh? Really? Yeah. Your Yamaha participation, I would put it up against anybody's in the country on a, at a, at a, you know, a regional series level. Um, it's, it's solid. And it's so good because you've got, you know, you got car shops building Yamaha motors and, and it, it allows them to help, help run their car shop when they've got a place to, to, to sell their motors and, and build motors from. So that's uh that's a good point. The Yamahas are really strong. Yamaha and 206s. Well, keeping on the subject at, uh, of the, yeah, go ahead. At uh, Circleville and others as well, but last race at Circleville, we had 55 Yamaha entries. So wow. it's, uh, it is a good, I mean, we've had 24, 24 different Yamaha senior can drivers this year, 24 different drivers. Yeah. So they're still out there and that's encouraging. Yeah, that's good. Well, we'll stand along those lines, and, and I'll uh, I'll stick with you, Scott Smith, on this, and then we'll 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 switch over to Scott Benton. But you started out the year, you guys mapped out a plan late. I think you had your schedule maybe almost together by the bank, but certainly when the year kicked around, you had your six race schedule. You knew what you were going to do. The pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, you don't even know if you can have races and when you can have them. And somehow, some way, you guys took the schedule, figured out what the state of Ohio was going to do on restrictions, and found out how to put six races into about what four months, three and a half months. So, and I want to hear some, I want to hear some stories from both of you. But I'll start with you, Scott Smith. What did you have to go through to make sure you didn't overlap, you didn't conflict, they weren't too close together? you know, every, all the variables to make it work, but somehow you guys seem to make it work. Well, um, we did have the schedule out at our banquet last year. So we, we thought we had everything planned well ahead of time. And then in, uh, you know, February or March, you started hearing about the, uh, the concerns with COVID and stuff, but it was more just a lot of talk and, I don't think anybody was real concerned, but uh, I remember the day that they were talking about canceling the NBA season and Scott Benton called me and he's like, man, they, they can't do that. Can they? <laughs> and we were, <laughs> and we were on the phone, I believe when they did it. And it was like, well, they just did it. And he's like, well, that, that shouldn't affect us. And I said, we got to be prepared for anything. I said, they right. shut down the NBA. They can shut down us. But, <laughs> yeah, they can uh, shut down the go-kart race. That's right. <laughs> um, 
we were on the phone daily um, monitoring the governor's news conferences, websites, different announcements, following, you know, what happened to Scusa being shut down basically when they were on the track for one oh, of yeah. the events. In New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, really quite a stressful time for, for both of us. Um, we had racers calling, what are you going to do? We had track owners wanting to know what we were going to do. Um, in the end, it actually, for us, was a lot simpler probably than for a lot of other people. Uh, we Camden was supposed to be our opener this year. We flipped it to the end of the season. Um, Thompson was, was supposed to be our second race. It became the opener. We really weren't sure until about two weeks before whether that was going to be a go or not. But uh, they, the state released some regulations. We put in some extra safety precautions, and uh, the racers responded. They were they were ready to come race. They did what we asked them to do to stay safe, and we've had a really good year since then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Scott Benton, how about you? What are your what are your memories of all the challenges you have with this rescheduling? Well, I remember at the banquet last year. Uh, Scott Smith, with his opening statement of the series, or yeah, opening statement at the banquet, excuse me, uh, said, however many 3,000 phone calls and 42,000 <laughs> text messages yeah, right. uh, from between him and I. And uh, it, he's right. I mean, I was working and I was making sure that I was on in my car on the radio at, I believe it was one o'clock or two o'clock. The governor was on every day. Yeah, Scott and I were like listening that. to it every day. Yeah. We'd call each other afterwards and discuss things. Um, I remember having a meeting to decide what we're going to do. We didn't want to put out a, a message that were canceled. Wait, no, we didn't want to put out a message that we were racing Maybe we're racing. No, it's canceled. So we right. tried to push as long as we could before we made that decision. Right. Um, but I remember watching the news and hearing the governor say that uh, limited to no contact sports can take place. And I called Scott and I said, we're racing because <laughs> we're a we're a no contact sport. So, OK, sure. Um, but there's sure. been there's been a lot of. Uh, a lot of times listening to the radio and watching the news to find out what's going on. And honestly, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, all the sponsors were in place and contracts with the tracks and all the preparation to do it. And I felt like I told Scott this and he, you know, his response was, it's not your fault. There's nothing you can do. But personally, the time that I put in and Smith puts in, I feel like I felt like we were letting our racers down because we couldn't do anything. And then you got the whole thing of sponsors coming back and are they going to be part of it next year? And there, there's a lot that goes in. There's a lot of behind the scenes that some people realize and some people don't. And it right. was a, it was a stressful time. And, well, and you guys had a choice to make. You could, you could uh, roll with the punches and, and salvage the season and do what you did. And so you still delivered, 
or you could have just folded up your tent and said, you know what, uh, season's canceled or we're only going to do three races or whatever, but you didn't do that. So you delivered on your promise. And I think that's what the competitors and the sponsors would want you to do. So I, I don't think you should have any regrets. I think you guys came through with flying colors. Well, speaking of- Well, that, I want to, I want to say one thing in regards to that, Randy, when you say we did what we said we're going to do. So a very good friend of mine, Bobby Stockdale, who worked with me last year, um, and the first year with the series, uh, we've had many conversations, um, even being at Fremont, um, and, and it goes in life too, that if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it. And we've yep. told racers that we're going to do this and you gotta, you gotta do what you say you're going to do. I think that's part of our success with the series too. If we say we're going to do something, it, it gets done. Yep. Race promotion is delivering on your promise. Uh, don't don't over promise and under deliver. Under uh, under promise and over deliver, right? So, and you guys have done that. Right. I think you've always delivered on your promise. You never overextended yourselves. You started off slow, and this was a real test this year. I mean, a lot of a lot of series struggled and and still are because they couldn't put the pieces together. But you guys, uh, I think you guys came through and. And, and really kind of looked at the big picture and said, geez, if we take this first race, put it to the back, we might be able to just kind of keep, leave everything uh, close to what it was. So that was, that was a pretty good idea. So uh, when we talk about the series and we touched on the banquet, I, I, I will tell you, I was, uh, I was able to be, be at the banquet last year, uh, helped with the, uh, with the MC duties and it was an unbelievable banquet. The awards, the presentation, the display, it was just out of this world. We had Lake Speed there as a guest speaker. Uh, everything was just top notch. And all I said, to, I said to the two of you is this is great, but remember you got to keep getting better. <laughs> so I'm really interested to hear what's in store because um, you, you've got a tough act to follow from last year, but uh, Scott Benton, I'll call on you for this one. What do we have to look forward to in a few weeks at the banquet in Columbus? Well, we're at a different location this year. I'll start with that. We're at a, it's uh, the clock tower. It's on November 7th in Columbus, Ohio. It's a beautiful location. Uh, last year was a beautiful spot too, but we decided to move someplace different. It's a little bit, of, it's a little bit bigger uh, location than what we had. I, uh, unbeknownst to me, that was probably a good thing uh, because of the world we live in, but um, it's a beautiful place. Um, anybody that plans on attending the banquet uh, can see us this weekend at the track um, and or contact us to pay for that. But uh, what do you have to look forward to? Um, again, Randy, it goes back to what we just said. It's, it's doing what you say you're going to do. Um, I'm the type of person that I like a challenge and um, I like I put something together. I'm not going to say what it is, but I put something together and showed it to my wife the other day. And she said, do you realize what you're doing? Do you realize what you're giving away? And I said, yeah, I do. And her response was, why don't you give that to me? Um, <laughs> and, and, and why are, why are you doing that? And my response to her is because I want to be different. I want to be different. I want people to come to, I've said this even with the series, I want people to come to our series, 
and or come to our banquet and walk away going, you don't know what you missed. Uh And you were there, Randy. I think you can attest to that. Anybody that wasn't there, they don't know what they missed. Absolutely. So um, um, what you have to look forward to, we've started to get stuff in for the banquet. Um, We are putting things together. I'm not going to give all the surprises away. Um, But um, we gave away last year a raffled off. a Margay chassis, thanks to Keith, Keith Freiber, uh, with a Briggs motor, complete setup, case of oil, um, and raffled it off. And um, when you were there last year, I remember you saying, you got you better think about next year, Scott. Well, this year, um, one of the things that we're raffling off, or the one thing that we're raffling off is a brand new six by 12 trailer that somebody will win at our banquet. So again, it goes back to the, it goes back to the being different. Um, a lot of banquets, um, a lot of series. I want you again to come to our banquet going, man, I want a whole trailer. What, where do you go in carting that you see a trailer being given away? Even though it's raffled off. I mean, you can spend 10 bucks and get a ticket for the trailer and you walk away with a $4,000 piece of merchandise, right? That doesn't yeah. happen in car in carding no. today. No, that's, um, that's pretty cool. So we have, um, like I said, I don't want to give away all the surprises and things we're doing. We are getting things in for the banquet. Um, we have some, some cool gifts and, uh, don't miss it. You'll want to be there. Yeah. Very good. I'm looking forward to it. I will be there. Well, I always wrap up these podcasts with one final question. And Scott Smith, I'll start with you on it. Uh, and that question is kind of a two-part question. And basically, the question is, how has carding impacted your life? And how is it? How, what does it mean to you now and, and to your family? Just, uh, just an overview of carding and the impact it's had. And, and even from the beginning to today, how it's impacted your life and what it means. Well, Randy, I got to say, carding is my family um it's it's been part of my life forever um or almost as long as i can remember the i, I want to take a minute here kind of step sideways but it's along the same line is you mentioned earlier that uh to develop the series and a team and several other things our team has really developed and come together um you know we've had some some good people at the beginning and some come in and out, but this year, especially, it seems we've, we've really gelled. Everybody just does their part, pitches in and and takes care of business. But uh, back to the, you know, and and they're almost like family and basically racing is what was the glue between my father and I's relationship. Um, We would have found, something else but i think racing was was so special and and kept us so close and and to be sorry about that sorry um, to be able to carry that on with with my kids um i've got three boys all three of them race off and on and carson's involvement in the the track and yeah. uh just the 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 friends and the family and it goes back to what you say all the time. Have fun. You know, most of the people out there are not making a living doing this. They're not going to go pro. 
it's too much work and money if you're not having fun. So enjoy it. Yeah, well, well said, Scott. Uh, Scott Benton, how about you? Um, I, I would say the same thing. It's the racing community, especially in karting. Um, I've been around other forms of racing and, and watched and seen and, you know, you're in the stands or you're in the pits and so forth. And a friend of mine, uh, drag races and uh, he's raced stock cars. And uh, his comment is you guys are too nice. Um, <laughs> but karting is it's different. It is like a family and I, you know, not asking for a sob story or anything else, but I, and I hate to bring it up. I have to talk about it, but last year after our banquet, um, I had the unfortunate pleasure of going to my shop, um, that I was renting and, uh, witnessed all of my carting stuff, toolbox and four carts and motors and a list of other wow. things stolen. Wow. And, uh, you know, the carding community comes together. Um, the first thought that went through my mind is how do I replace this stuff? And we're at the track. We're racing yep. because that's, that's what we do, yep. you know? Um, yep. so everything was replaced. Um, it's, it's, you know, I could look back at the times I raced with, you know, at the track with my dad at Columbiana and hanging out with Kavanaugh's and Chapman and Burks and, all of that. And it, it's always, it's always what happens afterwards. A good friend of mine who's on this call with me, Scott Smith said, I have more memories off the track than I do on the track. Yep. It's a family. That's all yep. I got to say. I, I, I agree. Well said. Yep, absolutely. Well guys, uh, you know, this was a little different kind of a podcast because we're talking more about the series and, and, and your involvement, your passion for, and your passion for carding. But I really enjoyed it, and I, I will tell you both, I, I take special pride in this series because you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough in my life through my days at WK. I've, I've literally traveled around the world to, to represent WK, to go to different events, and, and do a lot of cool things in karting. But my roots are in Ohio. I'm an Ohio guy. And to see Ohio blessed with a series as successful as this series that rewards and gratifies the carter with a a good, safe experience and a heck of an awards program. Guys, that's awesome. I can't put it any other way. And, and kudos for doing that. Uh, this does wrap up the podcast. Uh, Scott Smith, any closing remarks before we, uh, before we wrap it up? I just want to take a chance. Uh, I, I thanked our staff, but I, I want to thank you as well. Um, you, uh, Mike and Jason at USAC Carding, uh, Keith at Margay and a lot of other people have really pitched in to help us grow this series and it's really appreciated. Well, you're quite welcome, Scott. Well, well deserved, believe me, you guys deserve all the, all the help you're getting because you, uh, you deliver. Uh, Scott Benton, any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? Uh, I would just like to say thank you for having us on and taking the opportunity to talk to us. I think that uh, you and I have become pretty close. I've shared with you how I've, you know, saw you in a magazine when I was an eight-year-old little boy. Um, so I appreciate the time that you've given us and and participated in doing things with the series. I'd also like to thank all of our sponsors that we have. Uh, we are going into the last race this weekend, obviously, 
And uh, we're looking forward to that with some special guests that we have attending, including you doing our announcing. So we have good numbers for this weekend and we're excited about it and uh, we're looking forward to it. We appreciate you and thanks for having us on. Oh, you bet. You're quite welcome, guys. Thank you for being on the show. Well, that about wraps up uh, our show for tonight. Uh, We do want you to say a prayer for our first responders, firefighters, law enforcement, our our military and hospital workers. And remember, racers don't last forever, but racing memories do. Thanks to my special guests from the Buckeye Karting Challenge, Scott Benton and Scott Smith. This is Randy Kugler with Racing with RK. Take care and be safe, everybody.